You're listening to the Belmont Skates Islanders Podcast. Now, here's your host, Craig Dixon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Belmont Skates Islanders Podcast. Craig Dixon here. Whew, let me let me tell you a little story before I get into the latest in the New York Islanders world. Uh, I actually started recording an episode last night um, coming off of uh, shellacking from Columbus a few nights ago on Tuesday. I was recording an episode late last night, Wednesday night. Uh, was going to be a little bit more gloomy than this current episode is turning going to turn out to be, uh, but um, about halfway through it, my computer just crapped out on me. Uh, I think I had like 15, 20 minutes recorded, and then... I lost it all, didn't save anything, so I just said, fuck it, my computer was giving me fits, and here I am, ready to record again, and this time, I wasn't even planning on recording tonight, but here I am, uh, holy fucking shit, Islanders, with maybe their win of the season, come from behind, 5-4 victory in Winnipeg, and... I mean, can, what a story this game was. Islanders fell behind extremely early in this one. What was it, 12 seconds into the game? Uh, it was not looking good from the get-go. First shot of the game for the Jets. Lowry scored the goal. Uh, and the Islanders just have just have been unable to get the, get the guys going early in games lately. They just seem to fall behind early, and they kind of just... They kind of just... Um, they turtle a little bit, and they have trouble regaining their form after that. Um, it didn't even last any. It, it didn't even. It didn't get any better for them. Uh, a mere five minutes later, when Lowry scored again, so Islanders fall behind two nothing. They they're they're looking lifeless tonight. Uh, it two nothing. Um, and as the Islanders have shown in their last nine games, they do have the ability to get completely shut out and show no. Uh, no ability whatsoever. Uh, four nothing loss to Columbus. Four nothing loss to Montreal. And a five nothing loss to Boston. A two nothing lead against the highly powered offense of the Winnipeg Jets just seemed like an early. Maybe I should change the channel and watch something else. But for some reason, I stuck with it, and I'm sure most of you did as well. Maybe it's just we're just we're sick people and we have lots of problems. Uh, Islanders finally got back on the board. Matt Barzell broke a 19-game goalless streak with his 18th of the season, um, 10 minutes into the first. Islanders in the game now. They started to turn it on a little bit. Uh, end of the first period, they got a couple scoring opportunities. They didn't really, they didn't seem to, they just couldn't beat uh, Hellebuck uh, at all. So, but, you know, it's something to build off of. Um, falling behind 2 nothing against a team like Winnipeg could easily just set the whole mood for the game to be, well, not too good. So, thankfully, the sec- well, then the second period starts again. Um, three minutes in. Again, another early goal in the period. Uh, Tanev scores to make it 3-1 Winnipeg. Islanders didn't really look too bad. They were getting lots of shots in the second period. I thought they pretty much controlled most of the play. Um, uh, with about... About three minutes later, though, Anders Lee got it right back. Uh, again, Lee has been on fire lately, assist from Pulak and Bailey. Um, the Islanders 
it was a nice tip-in goal on a power play. A five-on-three power play. It's, it's nice to see a power play goal, but you would wish that they could generate something five-on-four. But whatever, you'll take the five-on-three power play goal. Um, and they did nothing with the, the remainder of the power play. So go to the third period. Islanders down by one. Uh, about six minutes in, uh, Shifley scores, makes it 4-2 for the Jets. Uh, power play goal, tip in a, a terrible pe- uh, penalty by, um, oh, who was it? Was it Bailey? It was, I believe it was Bailey with a bad penalty. Uh, yeah, it was a slash. Um, so Bailey took a bad penalty. Uh, it seemed to kind of turtle on them. Or, or was that Leo Komarov? I might, I might be mistaken. It might be Komarov. I'm kind of, I'm all over the place. I wasn't even planning on recording tonight, but because of the outcome of this game, uh, my emotions are running high right now. So I felt, what better way to have me record than Craig on a high? You'll, you'll probably hear me on a low at some point during the playoffs this year. So. Let me have this. Uh, so Shifley made it 4-2. It seemed like it was starting to get out of reach a little bit. Then uh, seven minutes into the period, Jordan Eberle scored a nice goal um, on an assist from Pulak and Pelik. Uh, it was kind of a, a shot pass by Pulak, um, and it just kind of trickled in. Uh, I might be confusing this with the other goals now because, I, again, I didn't have any prep time for this podcast. I didn't do any research, especially about this game, besides just coming off of watching it right now. Um, so the Islanders pulled within one again. Um, they generate a lot of scoring chances tonight. Leonard didn't have his best game. I think he'd like to have the first one back. I even think he would like to have the second one back. Um, but, you know, he stood tall most of the game. You can't really blame him on the power play goal. Um, and you can't, uh, you know, the power play goal in the third that made it 4-2. So, you know, aside from that, he was solid. He did kind of regain form. So Everly pulls it in, uh, within three to four to three. Uh, and then, oh boy, with those last two minutes of that game, something else. I, I, I mean, the Islanders had a bunch of opportunities. There was a, you know, I, I, I was going to tweet something about this, and I'm kind of pissed off that I didn't. But early in the first period when the Jets were flying and it was 2-0, uh, I forget what guy on the Jets had a wide-open gaping net, and he just completely missed it. It might have been Shifley, actually. I, I can't remember. But, I mean, he just whiffed a, on an open chance. Puck just found, it, found him in an open slot to the left side of the net, and he just whiffed. He just missed the shot wide, and... Uh, I was like, man, if the Islanders could come back in this game, that goal, that non-goal could provide to be pretty huge, and it did. Uh, so less than two minutes left in the third period, Islanders down by one, they're pressing, uh, and Ryan Pulak and, uh, takes a, a sl- I believe it was a slap pass, and... Uh, I, I, again, I think I'm mixing up the goals. No, I'm not mixing up the goals. Yeah. Uh, Pulak takes like a slap shot pass um, that finds Beauvillier right in front of the net, who makes a nice deflection, which um, I think that actually beat um, that beat uh, Hellebuck, um, but it got behind him, but it didn't trickle over the net. And Zizekas was right there to pound it home, breaks his sco- long scoreless drought, gets his first career 20-goal season for Casey Zizekas. Islanders tie it 18 minutes and 14 seconds into the third. Uh, so at this point, we're all like, all right, this is gravy now. Islanders looked like shit in the first period. It didn't seem likely that anything good was going to come out of this. Uh, we'll take the point. I mean, I was even thinking, hell, if they lose this in overtime, they lose this in the shootout, I'll take the point, considering how the bad their losses have been lately. But uh, an unbelievable play less than 30 seconds later. Uh, 
exactly 30 seconds later, I should say. Barzold, with a nice individual effort to get the puck in the zone, uh, kind of skates through two defensemen, gets the puck behind the net, gets his own, you know, he tr- he. He trickle. He follows the puck as it trickles towards the boards. Uh, he turns around, finds a wide open Jordan Everly. Everly does have to kind of do a little deke. He does this nice, like uh, pull pulls Hellebuck out of net, pulls the puck to the right, slams that puck home. Islanders take a five three lead with two goals with less than two minutes left in the third period. Hold on for a absolutely huge win unbelievable win from the boys tonight they really needed that after their complete complete i don't want to say drubbing by columbus because the the score doesn't really dictate how how close that game was but what an absolute statement come from behind win from the islanders who have been struggling you don't want to back into the playoffs you need you need nights like this that make you believe in yourself this is I, I can say this without a, without a shadow of a doubt. This is the biggest win of the night. I know the John Tavares game back in uh, in February was very big for the for the team, for the fan base more likely. Um, and to get a big 6-1 win against Toronto was huge. Uh, a bunch of big wins against the Rangers this year. Big win against Philadelphia last week. But I you can't tell me that any game was more important than this one going into the playoffs. Now the Islanders, now... Sitting at now, my stats are again. I printed all my papers out yesterday for an episode, so they're all out of date now. Uh, Islanders now 78 games, 45 wins, 26 losses, seven overtime losses, and 41 regulation and overtime wins for 97 points. Back in second place in the uh, in the Metropolitan Division. As of this writing, uh, because Pittsburgh was idle tonight, so Pittsburgh has the chance to tie them. And because they have the tiebreaker over us, um, they would move back in the second place if should they win their next game uh, in regulation, uh, in in regulation or overtime. That is, but huge game for the Islanders. They 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 really needed that. They ha- their magic number to clinch a playoff berth is now two. So a win on Saturday night at home against the Buffalo Sabers. I will be there. Will be. A playoff-bound New York Islanders team in a season that nobody expected them to be there. Uh, yeah, so, I, I, I mean, you can't say enough about the effort of everyone tonight. I thought Michael Dalcole had a really good game today. Uh, 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 I almost said Mitch Fritz. You guys remember Mitch Fritz? <laughs> Tanner Fritz, uh, on the other hand, uh, was banged up after the loss in Columbus. Um, he didn't skate yesterday. He did not dress today. Uh, he didn't even take warm-ups today, so he was replaced by Kunakel, and I got it. Yeah, I, I know I shit on Kunakel a lot, but Kunakel had a good game. He had a great play on the penalty kill, one of the penalty successful penalty kills during the game, uh, making a diving save on a puck where Leonard wasn't really sure where the puck was. You could tell he was he was moving side to side. He wasn't really sure where the shot was coming, but Kunakel made a nice kick save of his own to keep the puck out of the net, and the Islanders killed off that power play uh, penalty kill. Um you know, as best as they could. Uh, so Fritz drew the lineup today. Matt Martin now took an early hit in the second period, um, and nobody's really confirmed it yet. You know, I'm sure the news will come out by tomorrow, um, whether he was hurt because he didn't play, he didn't ha- have a shift after that, but he also was on the ice for the first two goals against um, against uh, Winnipeg. So it's possible that he was banged up. It's possible that... Uh, he was hurt 
Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. He, he, uh, it's possible that he was banged up and he was hurt. Yeah, those are the same thing, Craig. Uh, it's possible that he was benched. Um, Barry Trotz has he has benched uh, Matt Barzell at times. He skipped shifts with Barzell. He's he benched him earlier in the season. So it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that Matt Martin was both hurt and benched. So we're gonna see what's gonna happen on Saturday uh, when they take on Buffalo. But it's uh, it's. It's a little bit alarming how poorly the fourth line has played lately, and I'll get into that in a little bit. Um, now, remember, I wrote these notes. Now, like that was my that was my ad lib part of it. My notes were that the Islanders had gone four four and zero since the, my last episode. Now that's five four and zero, so that sounds a little better. Um, uh, excuse me. Uh, so the highlights are i'm gonna do what i did last week uh highlights and lowlights uh i think the highlights of the last couple weeks aside from tonight tonight was the biggest game in the last two or three weeks absolutely huge game uh big win was uh two nothing win over arizona at home on march 24th uh islanders got goals from everly and nelson everly starting to light the lamp a little bit here he had two tonight he's got had a couple last um dozen or so games he's starting to heat up a little bit you need you need production out of that line um ever since Everly and Lee and Barzil have been put together that has I mean it should be but it's by far been the Islanders best line and that wasn't the case with Barzil's line all season so it's good to see that um Nelson got the other goal it was a shutout for Leonard it was a great uh that was Leonard's game first uh was that his first game back no it was no I'm sorry it wasn't um but yeah, that was a big game. Uh, so another one was, uh, and I, you know, I I, I want to say that game was pretty tightly contested. The Islanders had some pretty good opportunities that game. They really should have scored more. Um, but uh, you take what you can get. Another highlight was the four-two win over Philly. I talked about it a little bit before on March twenty-third. Islanders again, another game where they kind of seemed like it was going to get away from them. Uh, they fell behind early. Uh, I don't remember the exact... Uh, the final score was 4-2. Uh, the Islanders got goals from... Uh, let me see. They got goals from Brock Nelson, Nick Letty, and Josh Bailey with the game tying... Uh, the get, the go-ahead goal and the extra goal, the, the cushion goal, if you will. That was a big game, though. That was... Um, the, Philadelphia's been pushing all year uh especially this late run that they went on islanders got killed by them the week before um and this time they were going in philly uh by the way road game road teams won all four games of the season this series islanders won both in philly uh philly won both in new york so islanders fell behind early uh i think it was like yeah six minutes in hag scored Nelson tied it late in the first period. Letty gave the Islanders a lead um, midway through the second period. Second period was one of the Islanders' best periods of the entire season. They completely dominated, um, and they got the only goal that period. But again, in another situation where you want you you like seeing the team dominate play, controlling play, you'd like to see them add a little bit more than just one goal. I mean, I know Nick Letty got the goal. It was nice. They took a lead. But, you know, like, when you're controlling play that much, you really got to start exploring. You really got to start, you know, padding your lead for the inevitable pushback. And the inevitable pushback came very early in the third. Uh, Ghost scored it uh, on a power play goal, what, five seconds into the, their first power play of the game? Special teams have been killing the Islanders lately. Uh, tonight was 
kind of more of the same, to be honest. Uh, but late in the game, again, uh, the, the much like a little bit like tonight, a little bit a little bit earlier in, in the third period, but 16 minutes in the game, Bailey took the lead on a great shot, a great snapshot. And uh, Bailey then had the, uh, the icer, and he scored one with 17 minutes into the third. So huge win for the Islanders over Philadelphia last week. Um, or is that two weeks ago at this point? No, that's last week, last Saturday. Sorry. <laughs> uh, another highlight was the two-one win over Montreal on March fourteenth. Back, uh, what two weeks ago at this point? Um, this game really could have gone either way. Islanders had their opportunities to really. I mean, again, like pretty much every game, I feel like I'm repeating myself, but they had their opportunities to really take this game away. Um, I thought the goal from. Adam Pellick early in the first, um, or was it the second? No, it was the second period. Yeah, uh, early in the second period, Adam Pellick scored a goal, which was nice. Uh, it's nice to see the D besides uh, Letty and Boy, oh not Boychuk, Letty and T- Taves get the the goal. So Pellick getting a goal gave them a lead. Uh, it lasted pretty much all the period, and it it looked like the Islanders were going to be coasting into the third period with a one nothing lead, but uh, Jordy Ben scored a goal late in the second to tie it. Um, but boy, that game winning goal again! Islanders have been scoring goals late. Um, which you like to see because that's that's crunch time. So when they are scoring, that is uh, one of the most one of the most pretty goals they've scored in this year was the late in the third Islanders tied one one with Montreal. Uh, Barzil and Lee on a two on one. Lee uh, Barzil had all the time in the world. A guy on um, Montreal fell down, and Barzil skated in slowly. He kind of took took a glance back to see if. It, how many guys were covering him he only had the one guy in front of him he puts a pass through the defenseman's leg hits a wide open lee who buries it home islanders take the lead 17 minutes into the third period islanders win that was a big game um now i i you know uh, the other the other win another highlight of this stretch of games since my last episode was the 3-2 overwin. I put this one in quotes, though. It was a 3-2 overtime win against the Wild on March 17th. Uh, this was not the Islanders' best game. Um, and much like the next game I'm going to talk about, sometimes the better team doesn't always win. And in this case, the Islanders were not the better team. They were definitely did not look like they belonged in this game. Um, but they found a way to get it tied, going into overtime. Goals from Everly and Lee. Again, Everly and Lee have been heat, heating up lately. They're scoring, They seem to be scoring all the goals. Um, and Brock Nelson with the overtime winner. Islanders get get away with one. You take that. It's a regulation overtime win too. That's I've been stressing that so much lately. You gotta get the regulation or overtime win. So n- thankfully during the stretch, none of their wins came in the shootout. Not that they would have made it. Not that they would have won a shootout anyway. But uh, yeah, you take it. You take a win like that. Now, unfortunately, with as I just said, sometimes the best team doesn't always win. Uh, I didn't watch this game at all. I was in the city, um, but on March 16th against the Detroit Red Wings, the Islanders had a 2-1 to regulation loss, a tough loss where the Islanders completely, completely outplayed Detroit. Now, again, I didn't see the whole game, so give me, you know, give me a break here. So I, I, I can't speak for it too much besides from seeing my the you know the box scores and the highlights but the islanders had 42 shots in that game and the islanders are not a team that generate a lot of shots so for the islanders to generate 42 shots against uh, detroit and not get the win is a very disappointing detroit's not a good team this year um you gotta you gotta win games like that that that's a that's a game you gotta win um and when i read about it the next morning and watched the highlights i was just like man how how did they let that happen i i, I don't know but you know, 
again, you can't really be too mad about that one. They played well. They just didn't have the scoring touch that game. So that's fine, right? You're going to win games. You're going to lose games. But now let's talk about the other three losses during the stretch. And I'm going to lump them all together because they're all in the same category. By a combined score of 13 to nothing, the Islanders lost three shutout games in the stretch since my last episode. On Tuesday, the Islanders lost four to nothing against Columbus. That game was really a one nothing game, and we'll, we'll talk about. I'll talk about it a little bit because that one's the most fresh in my mind. Um, the Islanders fell behind. Uh, at what point they fell behind? About five minutes into the first, so they were kind of down the whole game. Uh, Dzingel got a goal for uh, for uh, Columbus, of course, of course, right? A guy who's struggling to score with his new team, and everybody's making fun of Columbus. Of course, he'll score a power play goal against us, but what are you gonna do? Uh, Islanders played well in this game, man. Um, Bobrovsky was pretty damn good. The Islanders just seemed to take the same shots. Um, I, they were shooting glove side on him all day, and he was just making these like. Ole type of glove saves, especially in the first and second period. I thought the Islanders played really good in the second period. Um, and yeah, and then by the time the third period started, that was that was kind of it. Uh, Panarin scored early in the third, uh, made it 2-0, and, th- and that was pretty much the game right there because the Islanders, the only way they were going to get a point out of this game was if they somehow managed to score a goal and get it to overtime because they just weren't having puck luck and they weren't generating two many chances so Panarin made it to nothing and then there were just two more goals that just kind of put the game away by Bjorkstrand Bjorkstrand am I supposed to expect to be able to say that and Atkinson so it's four nothing game it wasn't really it didn't really feel like a four nothing game it felt like a one nothing game that just got away from them um and as soon as they fell behind by two they just they gave up and you don't like to see that. Columbus is one of those teams you're fighting for a playoff spot with. You never know what's going to happen. There are four games left in the regular season. It is not out of the realm of possibility that Columbus could catch them. I mean, the Islanders could lose out the rest of the thing, and Columbus could win out. Columbus won big tonight. So don't count out Columbus. You would really like to see them really like to see them come out better. But, you know, they beat them two weeks ago, 2 nothing at home. So... Uh, you can't get too mad about it, right? But 4 nothing drubbing from Montreal, on the other hand, on March 21st, that game was just, oof. that was a rough one. Again, falling behind, not early in this one, they fell behind late in the first period. Um, but then it just kind of like unraveled in the first. Uh, and again, much like the Columbus game, they were in it. They they weren't playing well, but they were in it. Down by one, anything can happen down by one. Um but, like, in a span of 10 minutes of, into the second period, it was just goal, goal, goal. And the Islanders are down 4 nothing, And that was it. The game was over. Islanders had a little bit of a push in the fourth, in, a four, in the third period. But they were down by 4. So it just wasn't going to happen. Again, you don't like to see this. The Islanders are losing, getting kind of beaten by teams that they could face in the playoffs if the, if the cards fall the right way. And the Islanders go on a little bit of a run themselves. It's unlikely they'll meet any of these teams in the first round. But... You know, you want to, you got to beat these playoff teams. Uh, Boston, whew, do I even need to talk about this game? Islanders lost 5 nothing to Boston on March 19th. This game was over from the second they dropped the puck. Islanders fell behind 1 nothing. And this was a game at the Coliseum, too. This was the this one was more rough than the other ones. You really want to see your team show some heart against a team that has a similar structure, similar 
type of playing. They're not going to outskill you. They're just going to grind out a win and get some goals. Um, But, God, man, the Islanders just had nothing. No answer. Fell behind early in the first. Again, still in it, just like every game I've said so far. Only let up one goal in the first. Anything could happen when you're down by one. But, again, fell behind by two early in the second. Late in the second, it became 3 nothing, And then by the time we were in the third, uh, it's just the Islanders are out of it. They scored two more goals to make it 5 nothing. It's it's concerning that their losses. I sure. I mean, there's there's a there's a way to look at it where you're like, well, if you're gonna lose, you might as well really lose, right? I mean, you're not gonna win every game. I'm gonna keep saying that as long as I have this podcast, you're not gonna win every game, and that's fine. That's absolutely fine. Um, but like, do you I, what what do you want? Do you want a game where you had no chance at winning, like the games against Columbus, Montreal, and Boston? maybe uh, or do you want to be a do, would you rather lose a game in regulation where you played well and you lose four to three like what almost happened tonight you know I don't know I felt like a, a loss tonight after keeps scratching and clawing to get the get within one goal every all game just to end up losing that's almost more disheartening yeah you can get annoyed at a four nothing game but like once it's three nothing it's kind of like all right this is over they're not coming back from this so I don't know. I'm I'm kind of like on the fence here. I'm like almost like, well, if they're gonna lose, I'd rather they get killed. But I also would like to see them show some fire and show some fight. Um, Thomas Hickey t- uh, got into a fight in the game in Montreal after Boychuk was it Boychuk got laid out? Uh, no, somebody else got laid out. Mayfield got laid out. Um, and he dropped the gloves after you know noted goon Thomas Hickey uh, laid him out, and they got into a uh, got into a fist fight, and we haven't seen Thomas Hickey since. That's that's a head scratcher for me, man. I mean, I I've been touting up like you got to start playing Hickey more. You might have to you might have to count on this guy in the playoffs. I, you know, I know the other six D are healthy right now with Boychuk back from injury, but you never know. You never know. You got to get Hickey in some games here, and I know these games are super important, but I'm a little worried about that. But I don't. The other problem is I don't know who you take out. Who do you take out? That's tough. That's a tough proposition there, because I don't think any of the guys in the lineup deserve to be taken out. Um, so those are my highlights and lowlights of the last couple weeks. Uh, it's been nine games since my last episode. I'm sorry about the lack of episodes, guys. I am. I have no plan for how this show is supposed to go. I have no idea what I'm even going to say half the time. Um, but. You know, I'm I'm hoping as the playoffs approach and we got get into the actual playoffs, I'm gonna start uh, kicking the content now a little bit more. Um, so hopefully on the lookout for that. I'm sh- I'll, I'm sure I'll have a big uh, playoff preview. Uh, maybe I'll do a recap of each game and talk about what the Islanders have done well and what they haven't done well, depending on the win or loss. So we'll see about that. So other news in the in the league, uh, Oliver Wallstrom today signed his entry-level contract with the Islanders coming out of a bad season in BU. Um, it's, a, it's a weird move. Um, not, not necessarily a weird move. It's good to see that he signed. Um, so he's in the fold. Um, they're not going to let him just go to Europe and become a European uh, player at this point. So it seems like... Uh, he's going to sign an amateur tryout with uh, Bridgeport and might finish the season with there, which will be good. Get him get his some idea of the speed of the pro game. Um, and he is either probably going to play in Bridgeport next year or he's going to end up playing uh, signing with some kind of CAHL team next year. Kind of like uh, I'm trying to remember a guy who did that recently. It's uh, I names are escaping me right now, but 
he has some options. Uh, it'll be good for him to get in some games because he just had a really he had a really rough t- year with a bad team this year. Um, so hopefully that's the step in the right d- direction of getting uh, Oliver Wallstrom's uh, development back on track. Uh, other news: I undersigned some undrafted college free agents, um, a Bobo Carpenter and Hutton. I don't uh, Hutton's a defenseman and uh, Carpenter's a forward. Um, all reports say these are both pretty talented guys, a right-handed defenseman and I believe a center and a right winger is the other guy's a center slash right winger. So, you know, I, it's kind of hard to judge these kind of moves. Um, you know, I, I think back to the days of Kevin Churchman and everybody going like, Oh wow. Kevin Churchman signed with the Islanders. That's a good, that's a good move for the Islanders. They, they got a good guy. And then the guy's never, he, he played what 20 games in the NHL showed nothing. And he hasn't played in the NHL since. So I, you know, it's, Congratulations to these two kids um, and Wallstrom as well. Um, but it's it's really too early to tell. But you know anything that could help bolster the depth of the organizational depth chart, I'll take it. Um, it's good moves, good good shrewd moves by Lou Lamorello. Uh, other other notes of things that have happened in the last few weeks: Valtteri Filppula is out with an upper body injury. He's expected to be out four weeks. That was about a week and a half ago. Um, so he should be back by the end of the first round if not then the second round if he stays to that four-week timetable so in re- in in a counter move they called up uh as i spoke before tanner fritz who i thought has filled in admirably for um uh for <laughs> valtteri felpula sorry i'm losing my train of thought my heat's going on and the noise is annoying the hell out of me um yeah, I mean, losing Philp is is gonna be it's gonna be tough because he's big on the penalty kill. Um, he's not the most skilled guy. He's still got good hands. Um, and he's he's chipped in a bunch of goals this year, a lot of them big ones. Um, but you know, it's not the not a not a crippling move. It it, it it's tough because uh, you got to count on a guy like Fritz who doesn't have a lot of NHL uh, NHL experience, but. You'll take it, right? I mean, you gotta. Uh, if you're gonna have an injury, you you should have injuries to guys that are kind of replaceable. Um, and Philpula is a great guy. He's he's I I I'm a big fan of. I, everybody calls him weird Franz. I call him handsome Franz. He's handsome Franz to me. Um, so it it sucks to see him go, but he should be back at some point. Hopefully, hopefully he'll be back for the second round, and hopefully we have a second round. So that'd be great. Um, and I think, I think Fritz has really played well. Um, he's, he, he's good on the penalty kill. He's got speed too. That you, you can never add enough speed to this team because Filippo is one of those guys who's just dragging the, dragging the, like his, his coursey numbers tell, tell the, tell the story in themselves. Uh, he's not the best at zone entries. Um, but he's got, he's just, he's got more of a goal scoring touch than Fritz ever will. So, you know, you're going to take a little bit of a hit when the third line stops, uh, you know, producing goals. And that has happened. Uh, another big injury was Andrew Ladd tore his ACL and he's going to miss the remainder of the season. He's going to be out for four to five months. Um, so I don't know, man, I, I feel bad for this guy. He's just, Ever since he signed this contract with the Islanders, he's been cursed. Uh, he got off to a horrible start in his first season. Ended up getting hot late in the season. The Islanders ended up missing the playoffs by a point that year. He ended up finishing the year with 20, uh, 20-ish goals. Um, so I thought maybe, all right, maybe maybe this is going to work out. Had an even worse second year. Uh, he was out most of the year. Um, had some success with on Barzil's line last year, but... 
boy, it's this contract's starting to look really tough in his third season. He's only thirty three. It's not like he's a elder statesman, but when you man, when you when the injuries start piling up at age thirty three, you really start to wonder if this guy's gonna ever be a part of the solution. And Andrew Ladd didn't really look that great. I mean, the Islanders have been in a bit of a slide since March started. And you can kind of coincide that with the return of Andrew Ladd. I'm not saying it's his fault, but he, you know, the chemistry of the team is a big thing. And when you take guys out of the lineup, like Michael Dow Cole, who sat for most of those games when Ladd was in, uh, the team str- the team didn't play that well. Um, so, I mean, I wish the best for Andrew. I, I-, I hope he's healthy. Maybe get a good, maybe the thing that's going to suck too, is he's not going to have a lot of time for train, like to train in the off season. Like, he's going to be out four to five months. He's going to be out a while. He's going to be out till like, July. So, like, what do you do with a guy like that? Like, he's going to come in completely cold into, I almost said spring training. I'm in baseball mode already. Jesus Christ. Uh, into training camp next year. So, that's tough, man. I don't know what they do with him. Buying him out's not going to save them any contract space, any cap space. Um, sending him to the minors, I guess, is the is an option. Um, boy, I don't know. Who's going to take on a contract like that, too, unless the Islanders retain con- retain some money? Probably I would have to retain most of it. I don't know what they do. I think the only thing they the, the only thing they can really do is demote him. That's the only thing I can think about. That's the, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. I don't know. They, that's something to think about in the offseason, though. We're in playoff mode now. Uh... I last last time I spoke, uh, Leonard and Lad, uh, Leonard, sorry, Leonard and Boychuk were out with injuries, but they're of course back. Boychuk has taken Hickey out of the lineup. Robin Leonard, of course, made Gibson go back to the AHL, um, and Leonard has stolen the st- starter's job from uh, Grice again. Grice had a few when when Leonard was out, Grice really really held the fort down well, um, and it just seemed as soon as Leonard came back, Grice kind of lost a little bit of his edge again. Um, but again, a lot of those games are not games you can blame on him. You can blame it on the Islanders' de- defense and their offense's lack of chances to just completely hemmed in their own zone. So, I yeah, you know, I'd expect Grice to get a start uh, at some point over the next couple days. Um, they got to keep him fresh in case anything happens to Leonard again. Leonard's Leonard's been in and out of the lineup all season, so gotta you gotta keep uh, Grice in. You gotta get him in there. Uh, what else has happened? So Fritz was recalled. I already talked about that. Michael Dal Cole has taken Andrew Ladd's uh, lineup spot. Now, Fritz was recalled to to replace Philpula, but Michael Dal Cole was just sitting on the riding the bench for most uh, most of the last nine games. So the Islanders haven't called up anybody in the absence of Andrew Ladd. So the Islanders are kind of playing with a man short on their on their forward depth depth eh, depth of chart. Um. Right now, the only extra forwards are Kunakel and Johnston. And usually, they had been running with three extras. With it was Dal Cole and those two as well. So you know, tonight Fritz was out. Kunakel was in. I thought Kunakel had a good game. Um, again, Hickey, man, I don't get it. Why don't, like play the guy? Play the guy. I don't blame him for losing four nothing in Montreal, and he's the only one who showed any heart after Mayfield got fucking hit. Like. I, 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 I'm a Hickey fan. I want to see the guy in the lineup, but I don't know. I don't know who you take out at this point. Do you take out Scott Mayfield? I don't think so. Do you take out Pellick? I think Pellick's been the most improved defenseman on this in the second half of the season. Boychuk is, Boychuk is like literally the anchor of the team. He's not the most skilled guy. He doesn't put up, put up a lot of points anymore, but the team just is generally better. And 
For some reason, he makes Nick Letty better, too, which makes no sense whatsoever. Letty's been great the last couple games. I really can't fault him for anything lately. Um, and who am I forgetting? Taves. Devin Taves. You can't take him out. Uh, maybe, maybe he needs a rest. I mean, he's playing more important games than he ever has in his entire career. So, you know, it might be good to take a breather and get a just one game. Like, just say it's like, ah, we're just giving him a rest into the playoffs. I don't know. Maybe Letty needs a rest one day. Who knows? But they got to get Hickey in the lineup at some point. Um, I was going to talk about the fourth line struggling mightily. Um, and uh, no, actually, no, that still is the case because the fourth line didn't really do much tonight either. Uh, just in the last eight games prior to tonight, the Cal Clutterbuck, Casey Zizekas, Matt Martin line has gone completely scoreless, no goals, no assists, and they are a combined minus nine. That was in the last eight games prior to tonight. And I know for a fact that those two guys were on the ice, uh, those three guys were on the ice for the first two goals. So you can already add another minus two to Matt Martin, who basically didn't play for the rest of the game. Um, Cal Clutterbuck, I don't know how, I don't know what his stats looked like tonight, but, uh, Casey did get a big goal, um, but they were going with the line blender tonight, I, again, we don't know what Matt Martin's status is after tonight, we'll see, but, boy, they got, this team is not the same team when the fourth line isn't playing well, they, they were the anchor of the team for most of the season when Matt Barzell was struggling to put up points, when, uh, you know, Anthony Beauvillier is, has continued to struggle to score points all season on any line he's been on. Um, you know, the second line uh, early in the season of Brock Nelson and Andrew Ladd and Eberle and whoever else would cycle in. That line was hot for a period of time, and then they struggled. Thank God the first line has stepped up lately because this first line is really helping out the Islanders. Uh, they needed that. They really needed a team. They really needed that team, that line to step up. Um, and Barzil, man, he was struggling, man. He There were periods of time where you could tell he was frustrated. He was taking bad penalties, chirping to the referees. It's good to see him back on the scoring, uh, this on the score sheet again. Finally, getting a goal too. Like aside from the, he's been getting assists all season. He's not. He hasn't been completely useless. But boy, tonight was a big game for the team. Um, yeah, and I mean, let's talk about Brock Nelson too. Brock Nelson, man, he's they got to start thinking about locking him up. And I know a lot of people are worried about what his contract might look like. What might you know? What? How many years are you committing to a guy who's not really a second line center? Uh, hey, he's the Islanders' second leading goal scorer. Okay, after a uh, goal scorer, just goals, not points. Uh, after Lee, so he's. He's not the ideal center for this team. I get it. But you get him locked up, sign somebody else to be your second-line center, slot Nelson down a slot to the third-line center with Casey in the fourth line. That's a solid center um, backbone, if you will, with Barzil, a free agent signing, Nelson, and Tzizekas. That is a team you can build around. I don't think I, I don't think Philpula is going to be back next year. I just don't think I don't see it happening. Um, it's something it's something you have to consider. You really got to consider re-signing Brock at this at this uh, at this point. Um, he had six points in the last eight games prior to the night. Three goals, three assists. Barzil had four go- four assists prior to tonight in the last eight games. Lee had three goals. 
Uh, Bailey had two goals and assist, and Devin Taves had three assists. Uh, the guys who are really struggling right now, I mean, I, I said it's the fourth line was really bad. Hickey played five games and was a minus three, so that's not... Uh, maybe that's the reason they're holding him out. Again, Anthony Bovillier just struggling. He's He had one point in his previous eight games prior to tonight, and he was a minus three. And Leo Komarov, man, dude, can this guy... What does it take for the Islanders to bench a Matt Martin or bench bench a, a Matt Barzell early in the season, but not bench a guy like Leo Komarov, who was a minus four in the last eight games? The guy, And he took a horrible penalty that had led to a goal tonight. That really just set the tone of the entire. I mean, thankfully the Islanders came back, but holy moly! The, what, like, what do you got to do? An awful penalty. The the Islanders were rolling with three lines pretty much in the third period, and Leo cycled in with one of them at one point because they were doing line blenders with everybody playing except for Martin. And Leo goes out there. I want to say it felt like the first shift of the of the period, but it probably wasn't. And he just took an immediately really bad reach around penalty trip uh trip to Myers, I believe. Just an awful play. Like like what are you fucking doing, man? Like what do we got to do to get this guy out of the lineup? Can we get Fritz in the lineup and have Kunakel play over Komarov? That is not that is an opportunity where I will give Kunakel my blessing. Anyway, sorry. I just, uh, again, a little rant. So the Islanders are now back in second place in the Metro. Washington also won tonight. So they have they have 100 points. And they also clinched the playoff spot. So the Islanders have 97 points. Uh, two, uh, three points behind them with four games to go. It doesn't seem likely that the first place is still an option. Although the Islanders do have that one game against Washington. So that could be a swing game. Like a four-point swing, if you will. Um, so if the Islanders could somehow keep rattling off points and maybe Washington loses one more game than we do, there is a chance that we could still fight for first place in that last game of the season. It just doesn't seem likely at this point. Uh, Pittsburgh right now is are uh, two points behind us, but they have a game in hand. Um, and they were in second place all week. Um, they have the tiebreaker. You know, I was talking about this last time. The tiebreaking scenarios, Islanders are pretty much tied with everybody in regulation overtime wins. They're one behind Washington. Uh, but, you know, when they, they were tied with Pittsburgh for most of the week, and then the next one goes with the goal differential. And guess what? This is where those those three shutout games where they lost 4 nothing, 4 nothing, and 5 nothing really killed them because the Islanders were winning the last episode I was talking, they they had the best goal differential in the in the in the not the Eastern Conference, but the Metro Division. And now you know, to, they won by one tonight, so it went up by one, so they're at a plus 25 for the season, but, you know, Washington won again, so they're plus 30 now, Pittsburgh's idle, they're still plus 33, the Islanders are way behind in, in this now, goal differential, and the Islanders aren't a team that can make up a lot of ground, like, they're not going to win games 5 nothing. they're not going to be able to get those points back, you know, aside from winning and getting one or two back, the goal differential is going to be a big one, and they, they could lose tiebreakers because of that, it's, it's, Really makes those five nothing, four nothing, and four nothing losses sting a little bit more. Hurricanes don't really have a chance to catch them unless the Islanders keep getting shut out, and then maybe they do. I don't know. Um, and Columbus is kind of in the same boat; they don't really have a chance to catch them in goal differential. But I mean, the points are all very close. Columbus won again tonight, so they're up to what now? They're up to ninety points. Carolina is right in front of them at ninety-one points. Um, who that lost tonight? Um, but 
it's it's a tough it's a tough schedule, man. No, Carolina lost to Washington. I'm sorry. Columbus beat uh, Montreal, which lowered our number our magic number to two. So that's that. Uh, what else do I got? Um, so the upcoming schedule now. So Saturday, the Islanders take on the Buffalo Sabers. The Sabers have really struggled in the second half. This is a game you must win going into the playoffs. Um, Islanders have a chance to clinch a playoff spot at home. A Saturday night game at the Collie. I couldn't ask for a better scenario unless they lose. They have to win this game. Monday, they come back to uh, Toronto, and John Tavares comes back to the uh, island to take uh, take on the Islanders once again. It's going to be a big game regardless. It's probably not going to be as animated as last game, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's still maybe an octave lower, just a slight octave lower. Um, That's a big game. Um, Toronto has pretty much struggled since they've played the Islanders. By the way, by the way, love the effort on the shootout, JT. Great to see that you've improved on your uh, shootout skills, you piece of shit. Um, Thursday, they, next Thursday, they play Florida Panthers. Again, another team struggling mightily right now. Those are two teams they're playing this week are struggling mightily in Buffalo and Florida. You gotta win these games. And then the Islanders wrap up the regular season next Saturday against Washington. So you gotta win this game. You absolutely have to win this game, um, especially if there are playoff implications on the line. Um, the rest of the ske- uh, teams in the conference um, all have, well, the, at least the ones in the in the Metro Division. Washington also has five, uh, four games left. Pittsburgh has five games left. Carolina also has five. They have five games left. Columbus has five games left as well. So the Islanders only have the only have played the same amount of games as the Capitals at this point. Um, they're the only ones who have played 78 games. So the Islanders got to keep rattling off the points, keep the teams behind them. It helped that some of those teams were playing each other tonight. So Washington was able to keep Carolina off the point sheet. And um, and Montreal, who's fighting for the other wild card spot, was, able, was not able to pick up two points tonight in a loss to Columbus. Uh, lopsided victory at that uh so yeah i think that's gonna wrap it up I- i'm hoping to be back um maybe one more episode before the regular season ends um i'm trying to look at the, s- the schedule so it's game saturday monday thursday and saturday maybe i'll be back next wednesday that sounds like a good time to be back and maybe i'll get into more of a rhythm now um all right guys uh well thanks for tuning in uh this is again craig dixon at the belmont skates islanders podcast you can catch us all on itunes google play spotify stitcher TuneIn radio podcast.com and wherever you find your podcast you can follow me on twitter at craig j dixon you can follow the account our account at belmont skates both on twitter and you can like our facebook page at belmont skates all right, guys, enjoy the game on Saturday. I hope the Islanders have a cl- playoff uh, spot clinched by that point. And, yeah, let's go Islanders, baby. Here we go.